What are we really up to in Venezuela? This hidden audio reveals the truth. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB Saturday afternoons. And uh, right now it's Sunday, just afternoon, 12 to 2. I'll be on today live. So feel free to call 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. So I'm going to say hi to my uh, trusty producer, Binkley. Hi, Binkley. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? That is just great to hear. Well, I'll tell you how I am by way of this. I received an email this morning, probably... The only petition that I have ever gotten from change.org that I'm actually considering signing. What's that? And daylight savings time. I am on board with that. <laughs> I've always hated it. It takes me like three days to get used to it. I'm terrible with jet lag. I just, I, I freaking hate it. You know, the other one, when it jumps back and you get an extra hour at the bars if you're staying out, that's okay. But this time, it's okay, but it's not worth it, and it ruins spring. Like yeah. I just, I hate spring because of daylight savings time. So, uh, but you know what? Sometimes if I'm on only running on uh, a couple of cylinders, the pace is a little better. So maybe slowing me down is the way to go. We'll try to make lemonade out of that today. So. There's a few things that, quite a few things actually, that are on my mind, been in the news this week. One, although you may not know a lot of the backstory, I'm not sure American citizens really can know the ins and outs of foreign governments, uh, such as in Venezuela. But, Binkley, something you played for us, I think, on air, or maybe it was on our podcast a while back, absolutely rang a bell when I heard about the Venezuelan power outage. So they're going into, I believe it's their fourth day of no power. And the official narrative that we're getting remains that this was just a byproduct of socialism because socialism. And it's so, that to me is so obviously a propaganda ploy and you're talking to an anarcho-capitalist here, so you think you're anti-socialism? I, I'm, I think any government is effectively socialism. But our government here in this country is definitely socialist. It's called a mixed economy. It's like socialism and uh, I guess you could call it capitalism, which in itself, there are different various forms of that, crony capitalism, financial capitalism, uh, free market capitalism, which we do not have. And then there's like the extreme communism, such as China, which we exchange technology with, well, voluntarily or involuntarily, I guess. But we open the doors to China. China has a long history of humanitarian uh, atrocities and uh, or certainly we've been told of them to the extent you can believe what you get from international news. So I don't believe that this is just some ideological crusade that happens to be uh, one of, if not the uh, most oil rich country in the world, certainly in our side of the world. And that as soon as we uh, claim that their version of Nancy Pelosi is actually the president, 
you know, that's what we're talking about. When you say Guaido is that we recognize this guy's president. It's the equivalent of Nancy Pelosi declaring that because of Russian collusion or whatever, <laughs> Trump is not really president. Yeah. And then and we're recognizing that. I mean, is that a precedent you want to set? This is when I start talking about what American exceptionalism really means. It's not a precedent we want to set. It's an exception to a rule that we insist upon, which is sovereignty. And uh, so, so this, so we announced a few weeks ago that we recognize this guy's claim to the presidency. We argue our official narrative is that the elections are not. Uh, we're not free and fair of Maduro. We made the same argument against Chavez, and that was proven false for Chavez. But with Maduro, that ball is still in the air. But if you look at uh, various international reports, there are plenty of people with valid credentials, credentials at least as good as the people who are giving us our official narrative, that uh, Maduro did have uh, free and fair elections. And But you know what? It doesn't matter at all because it's none of our business. We don't know the answer. The fact that I could get somebody to call right now and tell me all the ins and outs of why his election was not valid just proves that we don't know. And we're not meant to know, which is why a limited government like we claim to have cannot also be an empire or, or even just get involved in other people's countries through action overt or covert. It's none of our business and we should stay out. And to the extent that our claim is socialism is the reason for Venezuela's troubles, then all the more reason to stay out of it. Let it collapse in on itself. I always felt that about China. If, you, if you're really worried about China, let it collapse in on itself. Let our freedom, our economic and political freedom and the success that generates be the, the beacon that others cannot compare with. The problem is that we don't actually have that anymore. We have socialism. So, or whatever bastardized form, our captive uh, capitalism, and we can't, it, it diminishes our ability to compete. And if you really want to peel the onion, you can go back and say, in the 19th century, we were so far outpacing the rest of the world simply based on our limited government, our economic freedom, not only were we outpacing them, but the uh, the way the gap between rich and poor was narrower. Wages, real wages were rising. Real price levels were falling. Standards of living were going up because the less the government is involved, the less capture you can have of the of um, like we a lot of our it's called regulatory capture where when you have a lot of regulations it protects industry leaders from upstarts who can't really hit the ground running with full-on environmental departments accounting departments tax departments all that kind of stuff so there was this famous quote i believe from david rockefeller's biography uh i think it's an undisputed where his the, the idea is if you want to actually have a world government, if you want the financial powers, the energy powers to be at the top and control everything, you need a certain amount of uh, integration. And you can't have that with with the U.S. so far outstripping the uh, 
less advanced, less free countries, they, they could never they could never get together. So you've got to not only promote those other countries, but slow down our country. But in a free system, we would be so far advanced of a social system that there would be no competition. But what gives them fuel in Venezuela to resist is that they see that they want this social system. It's I, I you could look at Sweden in days gone by. They had a very homogeneous, closed up system and they wanted socialism. And although it was perhaps inefficient, reduced wealth, wasn't what I would consider to be a just situation system. They did it and they were OK with it. Venezuela really can't do that because we have. Uh, because the Western powers or the powers that be, whatever, have a lot of control over the financial markets and the energy markets and restrict what Venezuela can do, does not let them uh, trade freely on the open market. And that, whether that is, has the impact, that could be the whole problem in Venezuela rather than socialism. I don't know. I do not know. However, what does happen is that to the extent that is true or to the extent that the U.S. interferes in their country or in other countries, it gives the people the the fortitude to accept suffering in order to resist what they view and have reason to believe is empire. So it's I'm a non-interventionist. I want no part of that. I don't think we should be involved in other countries. We should stay out. And uh, we should view defense as being defensive. But what we're doing over there is uh, is subtle. Uh, we talk about it. There were uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to go into that we can we can date like over the past couple of years. I remember right after Trump got elected, he talked about uh, supporting a Latin Spring. There, I read an article in the New York Times last night about um, around that time him meeting with military guys in Venezuela who are interested in having a coup. This is in New York, the New York Times. There was also admissions from Pompeo and he was head of the CIA that we were conducting operations there. So we have involvement in that country and we don't have clean hands. So when they push back and say, uh, we need to stand strong because this is an incursion intrusion into our sovereignty they have a point so what we it, i just argue for free markets sovereignty the right of self-determination i'm not arguing for socialism but i think the bottom line is we cannot uh even know what's going on over there and nor do we have a right to it is not us exercising a right to self-determination. We just need to respect their right to self-determination. But even even more basic than that, we need to respect the right of the American people not to uh, have their tax dollars spent interfering in other countries for interests that are not necessarily our own. If it's an oil interest or a banking interest or even a geopolitical interest, that is not necessarily going to benefit the taxpayers in the United States. And and they have no right to use their money and their force to interfere in uh, the operations of foreign countries. So I think that kind of message is just not put out there very often. So I just feel like you have to use principles as a touchstone and there you go now 
What's really going on over there? We have some hidden audio that I think uh, Elliot Abrams caught on tape. It's actually quite a funny story. I think we should probably do that at the bottom of the hour. Maybe we'll we'll do something uh, a little lighter right after the break. Uh, open for conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh... Your opinion, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Well, I'm not sure how light this is, but it's certainly a good thing. WSB Channel 2 and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution have activated the Convoy of Care for West Georgia storm victims in response to last week's bad storms. And uh, WSB is asking that you bring... Infant and adult personal hygiene supplies, diapers, wipes, soap, other things like that, non-perishable food items, gloves and yard tools, and gift cards beginning on Tuesday. It's actually, I think it's only on Tuesday. There will be two collection sites, one here at the WSB Studios at 1601 West Peachtree Street in Atlanta and at Georgia State Stadium. Uh, it's the former Turner Field from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. this Tuesday. That's the Convoy of Care. So please uh, show your community spirit. I think libertarians are great uh, voluntary contributors. So let's tap into that. And let's see what else we had. Do you, I want to get into, I want to get back to the Venezuela stuff after the break because I've got a lot of clips and uh, interesting um Backstory that I think will uh, illuminate what's really going on there. But I need time for that. So I'm going to wait until the bottom of the hour. But one thing, uh, I got an email that uh, somebody, an article saying that YouTube adds a feature to fact check viral conspiracy videos and fake news. So this really galled me because... I just made the decision together with my son's teachers that uh, he's 16, he has Down syndrome, that he can't watch YouTube at all. I have not been able, there's just a lot of, like there have been articles about suicide memes being implanted and uh, you've heard this too, Binkley? Yeah, from kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, they're talking about it and and he actually was saying stuff like that which I was confident he was getting from some outside source, like just words he doesn't even know. And uh, I cannot really, I'm open, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show if you've got an answer for me, but the kid's clever. He, my son is clever. He's he's not able to process, you know, strictly like propaganda or fantasy or whatever, but he can make his way around YouTube. And I have not found a way where I can really curate it I have to just ban it until I find something else. Yet they spend, I think they have, what, 10,000 censors, and they're not focusing on eliminating suicide memes from videos aimed at kids? I, I'm just flabbergasted. And then I got this uh, DM from someone saying, uh, YouTube terminated my channel. Uh, I'd been uploading Alex Jones stuff just to see if that would do it, but they didn't terminate my channel until I started putting up anti-vax stuff. And I've actually heard that that's, that is the hard, the full court press now is to suppress that debate. So, uh, but let's get back to Venezuela since I'm hitting the hot topics. 
404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man A man On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6, and right now I'm on Sunday, 12 to 2. Coming to you live, open for calls, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can follow me on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. We were talking about Venezuela. I, I cited a lot of uh, things I read, um, referring to facts and reports that I tweeted. I tweeted probably at least a half a dozen, if not a dozen articles on at Monica Perez Show. So if you want, and from a variety of sources, nothing... Uh, like obviously fake news or disinformation. So you can pick and choose Paul Craig Roberts, New York times, uh, UN envoy, international observers, including, uh, journalists and other, you you decide whose credibility you believe. And ultimately my point isn't that I believe one story or the other. It's that it's none of our business. And, uh, we have the American experiment as one of limited government, and it's not possible uh, or just for us to interfere in other countries. We can defend ourselves uh, literally. There's no such thing as preemptive war. You can defend yourself just like you have your own right to self-defense. What those limits are, what those parameters are, that's the only thing you can extend to your agent government, whose only justification its only reason for existence is an extension of your right to self-defense. It has to fall into that category. But uh, but I don't think that we're sticking to our own business here. I think that we are, that there is a, a, a very plausible argument to be made that we are responsible for the power outage. The four, it's going on four days. Uh, reports are in our mainstream media that, uh, over a dozen people have died in hospitals because of the outage. The timing is a little crazy that it's happening now. And uh, and Guado, their version of Nancy Pelosi, who we have recognized as their president, said when Maduro goes, the the supposedly legitimately elected president, it's uh, it's up to debate, but there's plenty of accountings that say it is he is that when he goes, the power will come back on. So I don't know what this guy has some degree in uh, figuring out what's wrong with their power grid. But I, I'll offer a few reasons why I think it's totally plausible that just like Maduro and his guys claim that we are behind, that the U.S. is behind it. And that is because we have the capability and we have the capability because we intend to use it. So let me or we want the option of using it. So so let's play a few clips read a couple of passages that um, I think support this possibility and we should object to it if this is what's really going on. Binkley, what you you played for me, my producer Binkley here, um, played unrelated to Venezuela, but as it was a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had no, I when I heard this was happening in Venezuela, I immediately thought of this clip you played for me. Tell me who said this and uh, just a little, the background and then play the clip if you wouldn't mind. This is a, Guy from this a CFR panel, Council of Foreign Relations, Council on Foreign Relations panel, where they were discussing cyber warfare, EMPs, 
Okay, and it, so it was recent. Yes, this happened uh, February. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's why you played it right away for us. This wasn't from the archive. No, this <laughs> is a newer clip. All right, let's hear it. All right. Every country in the world now has cyber in its battle plans, and usually in the first 24 hours of its battle plans. Um, in The Perfect Weapon, I describe a plan the United States had if we went to war with Iran called Nitro Zeus to basically unplug Iran's communications and electricity grids. Well, imagine that that's in the Chinese plans for the United States if they're in control of the communications grid of the U.S. or its allies. You can imagine how much easier that is to do. So Nitro Zeus, which is what this guy is talking about, is a project named for a well-funded comprehensive cyber attack plan uh, created as a mitigation strategy after the Stuxnet malware campaign and its aftermath. So if you'll recall, Stuxnet was a cyber weapon that was released into Iran. I don't know why we would do that. I have to refresh my memory on why, how it got there. But Iran discovered it. And actually, my theory is that it's important. We spend half the defense dollars in the world. The United States is responsible for half the world's defense budget. So how do you really justify that kind of spending? And we increase it. How do you justify that if the whole world together could not match our defense capabilities? Well, if you sell your weapons and technology to other countries who then sell it elsewhere or who become enemies or let it leak or whatever, if somehow, I mean, some people think that Robert Oppenheimer, who worked on the Manhattan Project, gave nukes to Russia, not because he was a communist, but because the defense industry wanted him to, because you can't have an arms race if the other guy can't keep up. And I always wondered if Stuxnet was part of that. Anyway, after Stuxnet, predictably, they up the ante and, uh, it says that a guy named Alex Gibney wrote, uh, made a film called Zero Days and revealed the existence of this. It said the proposed long-term widespread infiltration of major Iranian systems would disrupt and degrade communications, power grid, and other vital systems as desired by the cyber attackers. So Maduro is saying that we've interfered with their power grid, brought it down, and uh and it, 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 that would be reprehensible. I mean, people, innocent people are dying. So uh, that's an act of war, and it's unjustifiable, in my opinion. So let's, we can keep going with this. Uh, oh, there was another thing that uh, this reminded me of. Obama, this was right before Trump took office. Obama, this is an article from the Washington Post from 2017. Obama approved a previously undisclosed covert measure that authorized planting cyber weapons in Russia's infrastructure, the digital equivalent of bombs that could be detonated if the United States found itself in an escalating exchange with Moscow. The project, which Obama approved in a covert action finding, was still in its planning stages when Obama left office. It would be up to President Trump to decide whether to use the capability. So Venezuela's been... Uh, on our radar for a long time. It would be surprising if we didn't have that kind of thing at the ready for them. We've Trump himself met with military Venezuelan, Venezuelan military leaders who were interested in a coup that was in the New York times. So there's, I think there's ample reason to give credibility to this. And I'm not even asking us to do anything except for not give our consent 
and that makes it illegitimate on behalf of the government. And you're not responsible. Uh, Binkley, what do you think? Are you? Yeah, and that stuff is also related to 5G and the Internet of Things because whoever gets control over that, part of the reason... I don't understand. The the 5G is what enables people to control the grid to be able to shut it down. So part of this discussion, that was David Sanger from the New York Times and the Council on Foreign Relations. Part of his discussion was about how whoever gets control of the Internet of Things and the 5G grid is going to have the power to kind of flip switches on and off like that. I guess I don't... I, I understand what you're saying. And I guess I don't fully understand the nature of 5G and its relationship to the Internet of Things. So I'm going to ask you if I can give you an assignment, a research assignment, All right. to give a special report on the Monica Perez show about 5G, the Internet of Things, and what we should be concerned about, be happy about, how if there are dangers to us, if those have been resolved. But I, I really want the breakdown of it as the definitive go-to on this because I think policy is happening, not even policy. It's just being rolled out without discussion. And no, how can you make a an argument against it if you don't understand it? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to help us as an educated voting populace. Okay, so I'm going to take a call, and then we've got uh, some, I think, explosive hidden audio. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Bryant. Bryant, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hi. Uh, I heard you make a statement that it's never okay to do a preemptive action against the foreign government. I don't think that I, I can't think of a, uh, a justification for what's called preemptive. Like, you can't. If you're being abused by your husband, you can't shoot him while he's sleeping. I think they actually say sometimes you can, so maybe you have an exception to that. But I, I would say well, aggression is aggression, and, and that's your justification. Well, if I just ask you a history question, if you could go back to the 1930s and do something preemptively to stop the rise of Hitler, would you do it? What I would do is prevent the U.S. entry into World War One, which if we had not given the victors the arrogance <clears throat> to implement the Versailles Treaty, Hitler would not have risen. It was, we interrupted the natural competition between nations, and they then, in desperation, because they were so oppressed, uh, I think they did something desperate and were victim of, you know, really uh, supported an extreme situation that they wouldn't have been in if they hadn't been in extreme straits. I I agree with that. But you made a mistake and you did it. Now, should we do something to stop the atrocities that occurred? We might have been at fault in, in setting we it up. We could have done other things. We could have opened our doors to the people who were being victimized. So uh, to the extent that we lost lives, people in the West lost lives, and we spent a lot of money, we probably could have saved more lives. It wouldn't have been, you know, as nice as if we'd had peace and harmony, but I feel like that would have been a, a better alternative all the way around. And that if you look at, if you, and what you're suggesting creates a moral hazard in that if you... If you allow past mistakes to justify, if you let two wrongs make a right, if you allow past mistakes to say, well, here we are, 
you know, we're pregnant, we have to have this baby, which uh, in that context, I would agree. Um, but in in this, it it creates what's called a moral hazard. So like Iraq, Iraq was people will say this was a very common argument that. Yes, we made mistakes going into Iraq, but we're there and we have to finish it. Well, what happens then? Then you make mistakes in Libya, you make mistakes in Syria, you make mistakes in Venezuela. And then, well, you're there. You have to finish it. I would say we can withstand the consequences of some of our mistakes and we should suffer the consequences rather than use it as justification to steal and kill, to interrupt other people's things. And with Venezuela, we can just walk away. Like there is no major commitment there. We don't like our dependency on their particular type of oil, but you know what? We can tolerate it. We could take some suffering to make up for those past mistakes, walk away and let them suffer for their mistakes of instituting a socialist government of, uh, of embracing a system that is not, <laughs> not going to lead to prosperity, liberty, and justice for all. So I think that you have to own your mistakes. And I think the only way to be uh, a righteous nation and a nation that is an example, the only way for a nation to remain free and prosperous is to mind its own business, to have, to stick to real objective principles. Because when you don't, it destabilizes the world. So then we go out and say, well, we have to do this stuff because Russia and China will do it if we don't. That isn't good enough. Because if you're going out there and having foreign interventions, you're setting the stage, you're making the rules that then they pivot to. You want to take the high ground and hope they pivot to that, especially if you come at it with a position of high defensive strength and the high economic strength that would come from a truly free market system. I'm going to uh, continue this after the break, 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So I just got a call from Bryant. If you could go back and basically assassinate Chancellor Hitler, would you do it? Uh, and I just said I would go back further and mind our own business in World War One. But it raises an interesting question about rewriting history. We have our history. We cannot rewrite it. Uh we can suppress it. We cannot learn from it. We can deny it. Uh, is that what you want to do? And I am reminded of this periodically, but recently there was a cross on a World War I monument. So it was a totally different time. And people uh, want it taken down as being a violation of the First Amendment. And it gave me some insights into what... Uh, whether you want to take down these monuments that do offend people. And I have, uh, I want to talk about it. And I, and I want, I want both sides. I would like to hear both sides. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. But for, you might be surprised at where I came out on it. But First, I want to wrap up this Venezuela discussion, or we can do both at once. But what's something that happened, I discovered on uh, 21st Century Wire, revealed this hidden audio. It's so, <laughs> it's just funny because Elliot Abrams is our guy in Venezuela. And he was a guy I talked about when Bill Barr was being 
confirmed as the attorney general because Bill Barr was instrumental in getting Elliot Abrams pardoned by George H.W. Bush for his perjury and um, maybe other stuff during the Iran-Contra affair. So Elliot Abrams was punked by a couple of trolls pretending to be Swiss officials, but really they were uh, Russian pranksters. So let's hear that clip and talk about the implications of it or have a laugh even after the break. 404 872 750 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.